Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Please contact your account representative for more information on these risks. Past performance is not indicative of future results. If you like grain markets and other stuff, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Grain Markets and Other Stuff Podcast. Here's your host, Joe Baklovic. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Grain Markets and Other Stuff Podcast. Thank you for joining me. It is Monday, July 13th. It is an ugly, ugly, ugly day in the uh, markets, the corn markets down seven or eight cents as I speak here at midday. The soybean market is down anywhere from 16 to 19. Uh, the wheat market is down four to nine, I guess. So kind of an ugly day. They put some rain in the forecast, kind of reduced some of the heat. So we've got a, a weather trade going on here, certainly. Uh, today's conversation doesn't have much to do with these uh, markets specifically, but uh, should be helpful to some of you, at least, I hope. Uh, again, thank you for tuning in. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure that you do so, so you know when new content is available. And uh, make sure you leave me a review if you have not already. I really appreciate everybody who has left a review. Uh, keep them coming. I do have one uh, topic that I wanted to cover, which is not necessarily grain market related, but uh, this is called the Grain Markets and Other Stuff podcast, and this probably falls in the other stuff category, and I probably need to be talking about other stuff a little bit more because I have a lot on my mind, but... um you know, it's grilling season and uh, 4th of July just passed and and uh, we've been to a lot of uh, different parties and functions, uh, 4th of July celebrations, all that sort of stuff. Guys, I have um, I have eaten some terrible burgers the last month um, at different places, everywhere from people's houses uh, to restaurants. And I'm going to try to give you um, a couple of pointers on how to cook your burgers, especially if you are cooking burgers for other people. Uh, I don't want you serving hockey pucks uh, to the guests at your parties. Um, first off, I believe the most common mistake when it comes to grilling a burger is that people will put the burger on the grill and they'll press down on the burger. And when you press down, yeah, you get that cool flare up and 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 it it uh, is a lot of fun, right? What you're doing when you press down on the burger is you are pushing the juices and the moisture from the inside of the burger out of the burger and onto your grill, and that's what's causing the flare-up. So what you need to try to do is avoid that at all costs. Um, I had a customer once who was a chef at a at a high-end restaurant, or it might have been a high-end hotel, but in any case, that was his tip to me on grilling burgers. He said, if you're going to grill a burger, don't press down on the burger. Whatever you do, um, make sure that you keep as much of that moisture as you can inside the burger. That's tip number one. Tip number two, don't buy the pre-made burgers. Now, there are some places out there like a butcher shop or maybe the, the butcher counter at your grocery store where they actually make make burgers and they're good and they're not like frozen hockey pucks but but don't get into that pre-made especially frozen variety making burgers uh on your own from scratch is extremely easy uh just buy some 80 20 and uh form it into burgers 
and do it that way. It, it really doesn't take much. It's it's very minimal effort, and the results I think are uh, substantially better than any sort of pre-made burger that you may get out there. Here's uh, the last tip, and this is one that I I've only learned probably in the last four or five years, but um, I, I think is maybe the best tip. A lot of your high-end restaurants um, or places that uh, serve food, people who are, are are chefs and cook for a living will tell you this, cooking the burger on a flat surface rather than a grill with grates uh, can be very beneficial. And, and why is that? It goes back to that first point about pressing on the burger. When you have a flat surface, like say um, a cast iron skillet, or a flat top grill or something along those lines, uh, you're not going to lose all of the juices and the moisture out the bottom. Now you're going to lose some of it. Um, I don't know if any, any of you have seen that smash burger restaurant, but it's actually a, a genius idea what the guy does and, and what that restaurant does. They, they take the burger and they get this, this griddle so hot and they smash it down right off the bat and create a crust on the bottom of it, uh, right from the get go. So that crust seals in um, the great major, the vast majority of your flavor and, and the moisture, and that is is really key. And that's why in a in a lot of places that serve a really good burger, in a lot of situations, um, they're cooked on a flat surface rather than a grill. Uh, seasoning is also a big thing, although seasoning, uh, you've got to get through these first several points before you get to seasoning, uh, good old salt and pepper, always just do it just fine. It really doesn't need to be any more complicated than that. But I think those first points, the most important one about losing moisture and, and that comes with the, the pressing on the grill, um, that comes with not buying, uh, frozen meat. And that comes with, um, cooking on a flat service if you can, and, and that's not possible for anybody, but, but, uh, hopefully those tips, if, if you're going to serve burgers at your house, try to pay attention to some of that stuff and, uh, improve your cooking. I'm going to maybe do some more, more, uh, grilling slash barbecue tips in, in some of these episodes down the road. Okay. Now that I'm done with that, we can get back to business. I wanted to talk about uh, some of these different programs that are out there in terms of grain marketing, um, some of your managed bushel programs or accumulators or OTC products. There's a whole bunch of this stuff, and I'm not going to try to get into too many details about what these things attempt to do. What I'm going to do is is talk about them in more of a roundabout way and and try to explain to you why or why not you may use some of these products. So I, I've talked about repeatedly on the podcast, repeatedly, how I really think that there are a lot of you out there that need to simplify your grain marketing, really simplify and get back to the most basic, basic principles of grain marketing. And this this conversation kind of is, is a follow-up or maybe in addition to some of those uh, previous conversations. One thing that I know about farmers is that you are constantly bombarded by salespeople, uh, whether it be a seed salesman or machinery or a commodity broker or an advisor. Uh, you're always being chased down by salespeople. And I think that uh, when it comes to grain marketing and when it comes to some of these programs, it's probably not entirely different. Um there's a lot of different companies, and it may be your grain buyer. It may be somebody outside of, of maybe your uh, county or, or even state is trying to sell you some of these products. But um, there's there's a lot of pressure for you to use 
a managed program or an accumulator uh, program or some sort of uh, program that's not necessarily just cash sales or HTAs or basis or even options. There, there's some stuff that's more complicated than that. And I think that a lot of, of farmers just when they're pitched this stuff, they say yes, but they don't necessarily understand the entire premise of, of what it is they're getting involved in. And I think that's a big problem. I think that before you get involved in any of this sort of stuff, whether it be a managed program or an accumulator contract or some some sort of, of program that prices bushels over a certain amount of time, I it seems to me like consistently based on conversations that I've had with farmers that a lot of farmers are involved in these things, yet they don't fully understand them. And I think that's a big problem. So I think that there are probably three questions that you need to ask yourself before you get involved in anything that's more complicated than just a cash sale or an HTA or basis contract. Um, one, do you understand the product that that you're about to get involved in? Do you understand the ins and outs? Have you read through the paperwork? Is is there too much fine print? Are there things about it that you don't understand? That's the big thing. The second thing, do you need it? Is this something that's a necessity for you as a farmer? Um, and, and most of this stuff is not a necessity at all. It, it, it really isn't. Um, the third thing is, will it improve your marketing? And maybe that's the most important thing. Even if you didn't understand it, but it did improve your marketing, I'd probably say I'm okay with it. And I'd say, all right, well, even if you don't understand it, if it's making you more money, then fine, go, go for it. But in a lot of instances, I've seen where this kind of stuff could, could not only not improve your marketing, maybe it would hurt your marketing. Um, so I think you've got to ask yourself those three questions and you may be advanced enough to, to where, yes, you understand it. Yes, uh, you feel like you need it or it, it can be advantageous. And yes, it will improve your marketing. And, and if you can check those boxes, then by all means, go for it and, and get involved in the accumulators and the managed bushels and the over-the-counter products and, and all this stuff um, if you can check all of those boxes. But I'd say the majority of people that I've talked to when they get involved in this stuff, they, they probably don't check all those boxes. I have said in the past on this podcast, probably recently, that I believe you can be a person that only makes cash sales and you could still be a very good grain marketer. And I, I very much believe that to be the case. As a matter of fact, I would probably make the argument or based on my experience at least, and, and this is just me, most of the best grain marketers that I know would not touch a managed program or an accumulator or an over-the-counter product because I think that they would look at it and say that it's probably unnecessary. Um, that would be, I think, the the takeaway. If I if I called, say, my five or ten uh, uh, customers I know who have been great marketers over the years, um, I think that most of them would probably give me the same answer on a lot of this. Um, I don't use that stuff because the fees are high. I don't totally understand it, and it doesn't leave me with the flexibility that that I would like to have with my marketing. Um, I've talked before about how there's there's maybe different levels of grain marketers. You've got maybe you're starting, you're just getting started, you're a novice, maybe you're a middle-of-the-road guy, or maybe you're advanced. If you are in the first two categories, if you're just starting with your marketing, you consider yourself a novice when it comes to grain marketing, or if you're a middle-of-the-road grain marketing guy, I, I know enough to be dangerous, but certainly not advanced. 
you probably don't have much business messing with these managed programs and these accumulators and, and things along those lines. I just don't think you understand enough. I don't. And, and I'm not talking about everybody because there are, there are people listening right now that understand all of this and you can handle it and you understand the implications, the ins and outs. You get the, the, the mechanics of it. You understand the process. But if you don't, if you're in that starting novice type position or you're in that middle of the road position looking to make that step towards the advanced level grain marketer, this stuff is probably a little bit over your head in, in the vast majority of situations. That would be that would be my contention, certainly, because I get I'll tell you what, I, I get more phone calls asking me to explain these sort of contract tracks than I do phone calls telling me that the contracts were successful or I'm a big fan of this contract or product. I get more phone calls with questions about them more than anything. And I'll get emails with with documents attached, which are these lengthy contracts that that a customer is supposed to sign. And if 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 you need me to help you with it or you need somebody else to help you with it, you probably don't have any business doing it would be my thought. I think that you as the grain marketer, as the farmer, the person who owns the business, I think you need to understand this stuff uh, if you're going to be involved in it. That would be my thought. Um, but again, for the advanced guy out there, and, and there are plenty of advanced grain marketers out there, uh, this stuff is fine. I, I, I'm not knocking the products. Um, I'm not knocking the products as, as a whole. There's there's good products out there. There's bad products out there. Um, it's just like anything. There's good market advisors out there. There's bad market advisors. There's good podcasts. There's bad podcasts. There's people who can make a good burger on the grill. There's people who cannot make a good burger on the grill. There are good ones and bad ones. I'm, I'm not knocking these products. What I'm saying is that a lot of them are probably too advanced for a lot of you. And that's really the take home here. So I think what you've got to do it, first, and I've said this before, master the basics of grain market. Marketing. First, get your head totally wrapped around the cash sale and how that works. That's the the basic, most fundamental part of this. Uh, just making a cash sale or a forward sale uh, when it comes to say new crop corn or soybeans uh, this time of year. Once you get past that, get to the point where you can separate futures and basis and start managing those separately. That would probably be the second part. The third step is probably understanding options. How do puts work? How do calls work? And once you start to wrap your head around those three things, that's when you can start to understand how these contracts like an accumulator works or what somebody might be doing in a managed program. Um, you've got to start from the basics and and kind of, of go you know, one step at a time. You can't just make the leap from from a novice to an advanced grain marketer who understands everything about accumulator contracts and managed bushels and and timing contracts and all that sort of stuff. It just doesn't work that way. So, if you find yourself in in one of those two camps, you're you're starting, you're a novice, or you're a middle of the road type guy, get back to the basics here. Because I'm just, especially it seems like recently I've, I've heard, I've had too many questions about this stuff. I've had too many customers calling or emailing saying, can you explain this to me? I got involved in it last year. Can you explain this contract or this program or why is this not making money? If, if you don't understand it and you need me to explain it, it's, it's, it's probably too complicated for you. And you may need to brush up on the basics a little bit so that you can get to a point you can get to a point where you understand all this. If you have questions for me about how to to 
get more focused or, or get more educated about the basics, um, I'd be happy to help you out with that. Just shoot me an email to info at standardgrain.com. Remember, if you are looking for some help with your grain marketing and you're looking for a simplified approach, that's exactly what I do. I offer a subscription service. You can buy it for $49 a month. You can cancel it at any time. There are no other fees other than that. Um, I advise cash sales. I tell you when I'm making sales, what percentage I'm selling, what crop year, how I'm doing it, all that stuff. It's very easy to follow. Uh, go to standardgrain.com, click on grain marketing plan. You can sign up for that deal. If you don't like it, cancel it at any time. It's, it's built through PayPal, goes through your credit card. I've had a, a really nice response with that so far. Hope everyone has a nice week. I hope the markets look better later this week. That would uh, certainly be helpful. Um, we could use a recovery, a shift in the forecast, or some more demand or something. But uh, anyways, everyone have a good one. Um, you will hear me on the radio here the next couple of days. I'm filling in for Chip Flory on AgriTalk uh, today, Monday, and, and also tomorrow, Tuesday. So uh, uh, listen for me on there, and uh, we'll catch you later in the week.